You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. After 8 o'clock, it's Tuesday, which means it's the Sports Therapy Association podcast. How are you? Um, in case you're wondering and listening to the podcast, then um, this is recorded live every Tuesday at 8 o'clock on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. So if you listen to the podcast and you think, I want to be there, I want to ask our guests questions directly, I want to mix with these people who are in the live lounge, then it's very simple. Every Tuesday, just go to the Sports Therapy Association podcast and that's where you'll see a link and you can join us. Um, as I speak now, people are entering our live lounge, which is always good to see. When you do come in, then what I can do is I can bring your um, comment up onto the screen with your logo. So it's actually quite a good networking thing if you want to use a logo. Or if you're Glenn Murphy, you can put up a picture from, I'm not even sure what that is. Sorry, now I'm showing my ignorance there. It's from a film, but I can't recognize it. But anyway, Glenn Murphy says, we we have you been. Okay, Glenn's been on the bottle again. Let's just take that off the screen straight away. Nikki Mansfield is here. Hey, Nikki, how are you doing? Hello, hello. Happy STA night to all. Nikki Mansfield um, was, of course, here last week in our catch-up. Uh, last week was the first Tuesday of the month. So what we do um, on the Sports Therapy Association podcast is at the on the first Tuesday of the month, we give you a chance, the common soft tissue therapist, to come up and, and have your say. Talk about the last month's podcast, talk about yourself. And um, so, yeah, last Tuesday, that was it. And as always, you can catch up with every episode of the Sports Therapy Session podcast by going to YouTube if you want, watching the video there. You can go to any podcast app and listening it to it there, including Spotify and all those kind of places. Or you can go to the STA website, which is the sta.co.uk. And there you have all the show notes, all the links, and you can watch the video there as well. So loads of ways to uh, catch up. If you don't manage to join us live, people are still coming to the live lounge. Thanks so much for joining us live. As always, it makes all the difference. I love it when you join us live. It's so it's so nice. And it's so exciting as well, because I know a lot of people who join us live are going to be at Therapy Expo now in the, doing the maths quickly. What is it? Three weeks or something? 23rd, 24th of, of November. Um, and that's going to be happening very soon. That is the cover slide for the presentation for starting the Wednesday. We'll have done 126 episodes by the time Therapy Expo comes along. And last year when we got there, it was 77. So 126 episodes. And I know, I'm thinking of the quality of our guests and thinking we've got 126 hours of that. I think by now we're probably one not including obviously the material by our guests, but we're one of the leading CPD providers, I think, in the UK, if not the world, with all of that. Just because I'm thinking of the people who we've had on the show. So that's all there for you, people. And at Therapy Expo, it'll be so nice, so nice to catch up with you people once again. Um, and uh, we will be talking shortly to two more speakers who are going to be coming along to the STA Theatre on Wednesday, 23rd of November and Thursday, 24th. Um, I'm going to bring them up very shortly. And Nikki Mansfield says, woo, the Scots are in the house. Everyone in the live lounge has been drinking at the moment. What are they handing around? No idea what they're saying at the moment. Jim Tipper, please, Jim, look after the evening. Managed to get a free Tuesday evening to watch you live for the first time. Thanks, Jim. Very nice of you to join us. I'm sure with the guests we are bringing up very shortly, you will not be disappointed. Um, obviously, if you have got questions for us, anyone in the live lounge, then shoot away. That's the advantage of being live. Just hit them with some questions. Make them tricky. Make them squirm. Anything you want about them is it goes it's valid 
it'll just be downloaded and listened to 2,700 people. So then why? What happens in the STA podcast stays in the STA podcast. Right, I don't think I've got any other house um, news to tell you. Do, 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 do. No, that's great. So like I said, I'm very excited. Two more speakers from um, the uh, up-and-coming STA Theatre in Therapy Expo. Uh, Dr. Claire Minshaw is going to be joining us and James Chapman. So I think, without further ado, I shall, in no particular order, bring them up. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. There we go. Dr. Clement Shaw and Jamie Chapman, how are you doing? Hello. Very well. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's very exciting. Now, are you guys are probably not that. I don't know. Maybe you are. That's going to be a question, actually, because I'm very interested. Because before we have a little chat about who you are and what you do for people who don't know you, it's really interesting tonight because Claire, you've been to practically all of them, have you? Or I don't know how many have there been. It's been quite a lot. I think this is maybe number. I think it's number ten. I think that was the tenth anniversary. I think it's two thousand. Is it not quite ten then? Not quite ten, but but not far off. I'm going to ask you later on um, whether your expectation of what's going to happen has changed or not, or something like that. It'd be interesting to hear because James is your first time, isn't it? It is, yeah. Which is fantastic. You never forget your first time. I'm so looking forward <laughs> to joining you and you being there because we've spoken before on the podcast and I'm really excited that um, you said yes because it'd be wonderful to have you there in the flesh with people to talk um, with you and listen to your presentation. So for people who don't know you guys, maybe Claire, if you can start, um, I'm imagining like we, like we said before, imagine somebody doesn't know you, elevator pitch, one minute until you get to the top. I know it's tricky with someone of your age, I say age, but someone of your experience. My age, How, yeah. how are you going to tell people? Soft tissue therapist, who is Dr. Clement Shaw and what are you doing? <laughs> uh, what's your name and where do you come from? Exactly. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, so, nutshell, um, my background is in exercise science and rehabilitation. So that's what my, my PhD is in. Um, uh, former academic, still research active. I run Get Back to Sport, which is an education and training company for clinicians and therapists, anybody involved in rehabilitation, really. And it bridges that gap between, I guess, performance and, oh, look at that, magic, uh, performance <laughs> and elite sport, really, and what we know in that uh, arena and translating that into rehabilitation settings with you know, things that can really accelerate practice for, for, for very little um, modulation and change in, in your rehab uh, and what you're doing, or indeed training, actually, too. So that's what I really enjoy doing. A few other things as well, um, but that's that's essentially what I do. So I'm still research, research active, and, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to now share my knowledge much more widely uh, to practitioners who, who make the difference. Fantastic. And that's, and that's really important because... I mean, you've been doing it for a, a while now, but it's become really topical. I mean, it's a good thing that researchers are crossing that divide between the academic and the what you actually do in clinic. Because before there was quite a kind of crowbar separation, but mm. you've been doing it for a while. But it's nice to see. I think there's some other people now thinking this is what we need. This is the secret to success. Let's let's close that gap. Let's convert the research to something that can be done practically in clinic. So, so it's, we're very lucky to have you along. And we appreciate you coming <laughs> on to the clinic. It's great. Can't wait. Um, if you haven't, um, people listening to the podcast, you won't see what I've just brought on the screen. I'll bring it up in a 
full here. So the website is getbacktosport.com. Um, and if you go there, there's loads of information on there um, if you're interested. And you should be in what um, Dr. Claire Minshall offers. Um, go to getbacktosport.com and um, have a look through the website. Loads of courses and information, um, everything and anything to do with strength and conditioning. And obviously, it's really important and valid for soft tissue therapists because it's often a part of therapy and treatment which isn't really either taught at all or isn't expanded on enough in the courses you do it's kind of mentioned three sets of yeah exactly and it's 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 taking that further so every interaction that you have with somebody whether you be a, a soft tissue therapist a physiotherapist a medic you know being able to optimize that um and getting somewhere close to what optimal is will make profound differences in in current practice um which like you said all these things are, are not typically taught so um it's really important to disseminate this to to you, know, you change people's lives rather than you kind of changing sport performance and i think some people view that absolutely more valid than sport performance but it's it's has the same level of validity in my mind you know absolutely should be doing this these type, types of things using best practice I think it may, I've seen a few times this week and it's just as I get older and I see it more often, I don't even use the word myths anymore. I don't like it. I used to 10 years ago, the myths we see in running, the myths of gait analysis, the myth of overpronation, but I still see a lot of people doing it now. It's become a trend now on TikTok, hasn't it? To put your head in front of a video and start slagging off everything else you see. And personally, yeah. I don't want to be a killjoy, but in the beginning, maybe it was interesting, but these people who are slagging off the people behind them, I'm sure five or 10 years ago, they were the person in the video behind saying those things. I just find it's a little bit jumping in the soapbox. Yeah, and we talk about myths, but it's not that, isn't it? You need to learn the basics and then you build on it. I yeah, think. exactly. You know, the, I don't know, you know, that we can better our understanding. I think that's, that's the way nice. to, I think probably, um, view it and and i think everybody can i can still better my understanding on a you know a heap of things and and once we understand that then then we're able to translate that or what i aim to do is and help you translate that into clinical practice and that's what's missing so um you know we evolve as a research community so what was done 20 years ago may still hold true or may not still hold true based on that process and that that scientific line of inquiry uh, and that's a natural evolving of, of of evidence and you know kind of science. The the thing that's lagging is the integration of of that into um, rehabilitation practice. So we've known about many things in the sport performance arena, um, like optimal strength training, optimized um, you know using the cross education effect thinking about re, uh, muscle damage and how to mitigate that. And all these things present in a rehabilitation setting. We are exercising and often to quite intense levels, given that people are previously deconditioned or they've been um, inactive because of surgery, whatever. So it, it presents a similar level of exercise stress. We're dealing, dealing with the same, broadly same musculoskeletal system, same ways that, that would respond to, to training versus uh, somebody who's doing it for a living. So these types of things are absolutely pertinent. The difficulty is, and I think some of the lag has been the, you know, some of the, the inter interventions are quite challenging. And, you know, we've talked before, haven't we, about how to optimize strength developments, very, very heavy weight for very few repetitions. And 
there's a fear factor associated that when you're dealing with individuals who have got an injury, who are in pain, who are older. And I really understand that kind of do not harm um, kind of approach. However, the, and I think that's one of the reasons why there's, there's been this lag and, and this gaping hole between what's best practice and in kind of sport versus what we can do better in, in rehabilitation. But you can view it from the other way, which almost I view it as is if we know there's a better way, it's almost unethical to not give that to people who need it most. It, it, the reliance upon us is to solve that equation and how can we present that when it's clinically appropriate, this optimized um, exercise stimulus to, to rehabilitate whatever it is, um, you know, strength or, or power or, um, you know, non-contractile tissue better. Um, and that's where the difficulty lies. So it becomes uh, an issue of tra- changing the exercise parameters to, to modulate or to accommodate the symptoms and or clinical issues. Um, and that's something that I absolutely love doing. <laughs> so that, that's a relief. But yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to be said, I think, in, in, that, in that domain. But yeah, that's the whole thing. And I know a lot of people from the STA, obviously I'm kind of close to them, but I know a lot of people down your courses and the one thing they come back with, and you can hear it, listen to you now, it's just your passion for the subject. You love one, helping other people, help people, and then also seeing the benefits to the people themselves, to the patients in, in real life. So yeah, very exciting. And you will be, uh, your presentation, just to remind people, it's going to be on the Wednesday November 23rd at Therapy Expo in the STA Theatre at 3.15pm. And there's other ones you're doing as well in different parts of Therapy Expo. Do you know I've had? Uh, I think I've just got one more. I'm I'm pretty hectic around that that time, and I'm glad you reminded me of the time, Matt. Um, (laughs) I've, uh, uh, in the, uh, sorry, in the Therapy Expo that that day, I've got another one. I think it's around about just before one o'clock on whole body vibration, um, so again, another thing that we, we, what I'm passionate about is bridging that gap. We know that whole body vibration done correctly in the right parameters with the right devices is very efficacious for neurological patients, for load compromised patients. But what's happened is we can buy these crappy little machines off Amazon that shake your cellulite off and, you know, it becomes this new next fad, which is poo pooed. But, but again, it, it project, project, Presents, <laughs> presents another adjunct to to rehabilitation once we understand the fundamentals. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that one, uh, and of course, talking about the uh, the critical differences between kind of force production in the in the STA uh, theatre, strength and power, and rate force development. Fantastic. We'll have a little chat about that shortly. But Mr. James Chapman, been sitting there patiently. Um, no strange to the show. You've been on a couple of times as well. And this is your first time Therapy Expo, which, again, I've said I'm so excited about. I'm so glad that you're coming along um, to chat. Um, Again, for people who aren't aware of you and what you do, give us a little one-minute elevator pitch. Um, Okay, in one minute. Um, Well, 59 seconds now. Yeah, (laughs) so I'm a sports massage therapist and yoga teacher and yoga therapist. Um, I've been doing that for about 20 years now. Um, I'm also a mental health um, trainer. I've got my own business all about the mind and I do mental health first aid trainings. I'm also an associate trainer for a large mental health charity um, doing similar in a lot of their mental health products. Um, and I got into all of this um, through lived experience, really. Um, 
poor mental health um, myself. And actually almost 21 years ago today um, was the last time I had a drink in the car park at the Priory <laughs> at 7.30 p.m. <laughs> on the 27th of November 2001. So, uh, and, um, you know, uh, massage is something that massively helped me with my mental health exercise was. Um, and um, so in that time, um, I've worked um, for many mental health charities, drug rehabs. Um, I've taught yoga for the NHS. Um, I've done massage for uh, mental health charities as well, um, as well as other stuff, uh, working with athletes and um, just general population. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's that. Me, yeah. Let's get ding. We've got to the next floor. Fantastic. No, that's a great summary. I appreciate it. it's tricky to, to say your, you know, everything you've done in a minute. But um, it's, it's so interesting on a couple of reasons for you. And I imagine you're living in a really relevant time because, on the one hand, we've got now a change in attitude towards massage because there has been for a while now evidence that, okay, we don't know exactly how it affects people but we do know that it's been shown to alleviate depression and anxiety so it obviously affects the nervous system in some way um and there's some good quality studies on that um and then also we're living in an age which is full of anxiety and depression for one reason or the other and it was really fascinating to hear um the advice um you were giving to therapists in the other episodes we've had you on the show just making because therapists suffer and we'll talk about that shortly as well how important is for therapists not only just to know how to recognize red flags with their patients but also to notice red flags when they're about to kind of go off the rails a little bit themselves um, and to keep an eye on you know to to prevent it um, from happening in the first place so it's gonna be great to have you along Thank to you. therapy expert really exciting um you just to talk about what you offer because again we've had a few people from the sdo being on your courses um it's mental health first aid of work isn't it abbreviated to mfaw it's mental health first aid um yep. so rather it's it's um it's a mental health first aid england product that i right. i teach um so what it does it's um it gives people the understanding of common mental health conditions signs and symptoms um and most importantly um how to uh, intervene because mental health services are generally set up for crisis um, so nothing happens until something is really, really wrong. Um, and uh, mental health first aid gives you uh, the ability to not just signpost, because it doesn't teach you to become a professional, a diagnostician or a clinician. Um, it's very clear on that, but it does give you the ability to spot the signs and symptoms, to be able to have conversations, to be able to signpost people to the appropriate professional help, uh, but also to, to, um, to support them with signposting because um, services are really stretched uh, in this country. I, I've been going through some stress myself uh, recently, so I contacted iCOPE, which in Islington, where I live, is um, it's part of IAPT, which is Improving Access to Psychological Therapies, a government initiative set up in 2008. Very good to get people into talking therapies uh, quickly. Um, Islington, um, nine months, there's a nine month waiting list. <laughs> So I was just like, thank you. <laughs> um, they gave me lots of other sources where there's, um, you know, uh, uh, low cost or other therapies available. But that's kind of where we are. And um, 
you know, a, a clinical response to mental health is um, medication, talking therapies. And really, I think we need a community response just because of the, the times that we're in. And, and really, it's, it's everyone. Mental health is, is everyone's business. And just by um, asking a question or um, listening, you know, we can, and then signposting maybe, uh, or even just listening and saying thanks for telling me that, um, we can have a really profound uh, difference to people's well-being. And, and in these days, it's uh, it's just so necessary, so necessary. Fantastic, yes. And for people who want to hear more about the work James does, I'm just going to put this up on the screen. Um, you need to head along to allaboutthemind.com, allaboutthemind.com. And there again, you'll find um, loads of interesting information um, and details on how to uh, get on courses and to contact James. Um, definitely worth a visit. And also, of course, if you look through the back catalogue of um, STA podcasts, you'll see a couple of episodes there where we've talked to James as well, um, as indeed we have done with um, Dr. Clemens as well. It's all there for you to listen to if you want some more information. Um, James will be in the STA theatre um, on, I'll get this right. Um, Thursday, on the Thursday, November 24th, so the second day at 3.30 p.m. Um, so um, it would be, um, yeah, I think we I mean, there's so many. Have you seen the programme for this year? It's just ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous in a good sense. <laughs> so I was going to say. There's these jokers coming along. Thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's not ridiculous in like 2016 programme. It's just ridiculous in the the quality that they, they've got this year. Because for the first time, I think, this year, they actually organised um, a committee of different organisations involved in soft tissue therapy and different kind of and they said, right, who should we be listening to? As opposed to just to kind of like just selecting people according, I don't know how they did it before. Um, so they really had some interesting debates. Gary, founder of the STA, was involved as well and other people in different organisations. Um, and the result has been like, I think I've got some like 84 different presentations going on across the two days. But it's like people are getting anxiety just from, I can't see everyone. But um, it's kind of cool because, as we said before, you haven't got to see everybody because sit down, have a cup of coffee with someone else, do some networking and you can just find out from other people who they should be looking up. And it's going to be it's going to be really cool. I'm really excited about it. So good. We'll um, have a little bit of chat about what your presentation, a mental first aid at work. Not, why do I call it mental first aid at work? I mean, that's what I call the presentation, but it's MHFA, isn't it? Mental. Yeah, mental first aid. So we'll have a little chat about what that's going to be about shortly. Um, but remember, people, um, if you've got questions for either of our guests, um, Nikki Mansfield has put up here. Wow. Happy 21st anniversary, James. Amazing achievement. Yeah, thanks, Nikki. Um, and Becky Carroll says, looking forward to seeing both James and Claire at the Expo. Yeah, it's going to be great. So, Claire, let's go back to you. Um, I'm interested in, well, I kind of know, because there is an episode where you did with Mike Rice, I think, about critical differences between strength and power. But... You've got half an hour. It's always it must be so tricky for professionals like yourself who've got so much information you could give people. But what are you hoping soft tissue therapists who come to see you for this presentation take away from it? Maybe put it that way. Uh, well, I think what's good about the STA theatre is it's quite intimate, isn't it? So we can we can have a, a better dialogue with people. Um, so I could stand there and give you a thirty minute kind of lecture or I could give you you know my, my intention is is to make it a little less 
formal and structured and have opportunity for questions because I think that's really important. So that there's some key things that, that really differentiate between strength and power and actually power and rate of force development. Um, but, you know, we can cover that a little bit. It's, it's about force production and what do we need most? When do we need it most? What types of patient groups, client groups need different types of, of, of stimulus to train these things? Because I'm sure everybody knows specificity we need to just tailor our interventions to to make sure we're changing what we want to change um but then everybody's going to have slightly different thoughts and questions so you know i think those two things to, to establish the critical differences is one or two very quick wins that you can you can achieve by just changing the parameter of of it could be exactly the same exercise but done in a slightly different way will give a different stimulus or optimize a stimulus to explosive force production or maximal force production. <clears throat> and then the opportunity for questions and, you know, applying it to different, to different groups. So I think that's, that's something I'd, you know, I think it's important and I'd like to uh, make sure that there's the opportunity for that, which you do in the way that you've set it up. So that's, great it's, it's fun it's cool and the other great thing about it is it is quite intimate because it's a smaller stage but also what i really enjoyed seeing last year is because it's not tucked away in a separate theater with a curtain you get traffic passing by and and people kind of stop and look and obviously <laughs> all of our speakers are really engaging and really passionate about their job and really nice people so before we know it, you've got a bottleneck where people are kind of going excuse me mate, excuse me because yeah. they're stopping and sitting down it's like some kind of hippie convention it's like woodstock Especially if you bring stuff to throw at people, at their freebies and puppets and everything. <laughs> Come see me. Exactly, <laughs> but it's really useful. Um, and I mentioned this before because you you will get people who haven't chosen to to watch you. They just walk by and suddenly you've got their attention, which I think is what learning's all about, isn't it? It's nice to have your, your fans and the people at the front adoring you and swooning. But you really want to get through to people who don't I wish. know you. Yeah, you do. You know you've got your fanboys there at the front with the t-shirts, Claire Mitchell t-shirts. But um, <laughs> it's really nice as an educator to have people who go, oh, I've never heard of you before. What are you talking about? And that's that's what the whole convention's supposed to be about, isn't it? To inform people. So um, it's going to be great. STA was what was this? STA was jumping last year in Claire. Oh, I remember yeah, the whole well, NEC was right. <laughs> it was. It was just, we were told uh, to turn it down and, and time control the crowd and everything. But anyway, no, it's a really good, um, it's really exciting. I'm interested, could you maybe, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but mm -hmm. can you can you maybe present a scenario where maybe a soft tissue therapist, whether it's sports massage or maybe um, not a graduate, has got a client or patient yeah. and they are missing that spot where they haven't understood the critical differences what you mentioned a tweak maybe which could change the outcome can you give me an example of maybe okay so um i guess we roll it right back when you you're seeing that that patient that client for the for the first time second time third time what i hope happens you start to develop a plan of what you you want to focus on what become you know what are the the deficiencies in your your view and we could have a whole discussion on how you identify those but let's say you've you've identified that you know a couple of things need to be worked on and maybe more then you start to prioritize how to address them what should you do first as we always say you know if you do, try and do too many things at once you you know you'll end up doing nothing effectively 
So what, you know, establishing that hierarchy of importance, what's most important? In my view, it's always a strength first approach because strength is often, so often overlooked um, and done improperly. So if they're deficient in strength, then, you know, that's the thing that you need to focus on, which is high uh, intensity efforts for very few repetitions. So go to my blog, you can you can find out how to do that. But it's three to five rep max. You're really failing at that fifth repetition. It's that difficult. Done with proper form and safely, right? Now, if that individual has, in your view, sufficient strength, and again, we can have another whole discussion on what how much is enough. Um, and you're thinking, actually, it's more about the explosive um, force production, how to express that force quickly. Um, so it might be, you know, a runner, um, you've developed the um, plantar flexion strength, the capacity, you've topped up that fuel tank, but now we need to learn how to express it a little bit more quickly. Then, again, very similar exercises can be done with a similar weight, um, maybe slightly lighter. And there are all manner of ways to train explosive force production, which is effectively rate of force development, which is actually externally measured as power. Um, and the key difference is the intent, the intent to perform that exercise explosively. And that's where that word becomes really useful, because I think everybody's got an understanding of what explosive means, and it's not really open to that much interpretation. <laughs> um, so to do that exercise with explosive intent, and that is, if there's one thing that differentiates between the two, it's, it's that um, the explosiveness of that action. And that then, you can modulate the exercise with resistance, with the type of exercise. And if it's a heavy weight or a heavy resistance, if you were to measure or film the velocity of movement, clearly it's not going to be as fast as a lighter weight. Um, and again, there's a whole avenue of velocity-based training, but the, the quick win is that intent. And it doesn't really matter you know, how quick something is if you're just looking to ex improve that capacity. If you're going down the avenue of velocity-based training, you're probably well into kind of strength and conditioning and performance and that individual will not be um, anywhere near kind of injured or in the rehabilitation phase. So intent is, is the difference, really. And then we can modulate from there. Wonderful. Becky Carroll has said, I highly recommend Claire Strength Training for Therapist course. It's a game changer for therapy. Oh, thank you, really. Becky. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll tell you after. Okay, you got your fans. Um, yeah, and I think in my experience, from receiving emails and chatting to other therapists, it is a confidence issue, isn't it? It's like, oh, strength. And it's not having the confidence, not having enough tools or an ideas or a comprehension of what you're supposed to be doing that make people shy away from maybe experimenting, from tweaking, from thinking a little bit what am I trying to achieve with this exercise what are they going to do with it so I think that's the feedback I've had from your course it encourages people to actually think a little bit more about what they're trying to achieve it becomes easier then you know you're often yeah. it's if you see somebody for the first time you're like bloody hell I've got all this stuff that I need to address and change I kind of take a breather put stuff write it all down and then put them in an order of importance and when you put them in an order of importance then <laughs> thanks Stevie uh then um you can think about how you intervene to improve those because one exercise is not going to do it all for you. It's mm. okay. Strength first, high rep, uh, high loading, low repetitions, lots of rest, change your exercise to accommodate clinical restrictions, train the other side, 
theory-centric first, be explosive, whatever it is. Then the next thing, maybe it's cross-sectional area or maybe it's, 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 uh, it's power and explosive strength. Okay, now we transition and we do, do the other thing. Doing it all at once, even in the same week, is not probably going to give you the same benefits as if you do one thing consistently, get a kind of top that fuel tank up. Because remember, you're going to be dealing with these individuals that are like quite deficient in all areas or many of these areas because they're, you know, you're working with them. How useful do you think it is? I've asked this before, but I think sometimes therapists who have never done strength training themselves, really, and there are a few, maybe they come from more of a, how should I say this? I can't say yoga background, just plenty of, because I've got, um, you know, someone in the room here would absolutely slap me out of face if I suggested that yoga people aren't strong, because I've seen the photos, mate. Wow. But, um, but from, from maybe a sort of exercise which is more kind of all maybe hatha yoga or more kind of meditative or something which hasn't involved lifting heavier weights, that gives them less confidence. Do you think it's important maybe for therapists to understand what it feels like lifting a heavy weight to be able yeah, to and- hand it out? Yeah, and and as Stevie and Becky et al will will uh, um, kind of be able to um, you know provide testimony for in even in the online courses that I teach, I give exercises for individuals to go away and experience this because and I was just working I take on very very few individual clients because I'm so busy but yesterday I was working with uh, an age group triathlete uh, a fifty ish fifty three I think he was needs to do some strength and conditioning to improve performance, uh, be a bit more resilient to injury, etc. And as I was describing to him, you know, he's never done any resistance type exercise like this before. He's done the runner's strength training, which is a just write anything down and that will be captured in, in, in runner's world anyway. Um, so I was describing to him that um, it will feel very, very different and you don't experience those challenges usually in normal life. So that feeling that you get when you're doing, I don't know, let's say 12-ish repetitions, it starts to burn, develop the lactic acidosis, the hydrogen ions into the musculature, and it burns and, you know, impairs contractile capability. You might feel that or have felt that quite regularly in your life by doing things that are reasonably heavy for a long period of time. It's not often that you lift something in your own in, in life that you could only do three or four times it's that heavy so therefore you know we've got nothing to benchmark this against and we without fail every course that i teach everybody that's not done this before grossly underestimates what they can do how strong they actually are and then by doing it you're you one, experience what it's like, so you've got an understanding of that. It, two, it, it kind of almost generates a new vocabulary for you. And three, it makes you understand what everybody else is capable of. So if you're underestimating what you can do, imagine what you're projecting onto others as well. So it's, it's hugely, even if you don't you know, enjoy doing it and do it as a, a, a part of your own training, it gives you an idea of, of capacity and what people and you can kind of work towards. And it, as we get older... That's the thing that starts to decline rapidly, and we don't feel it. <laughs> That's really interesting. It's like I always say sometimes it's, I don't wish 
kind of injury on anyone but sometimes it's kind of useful if you're a therapist and you do have to go through that rehab thing because you recognize suddenly the fears that catastrophizing what it's like to suddenly not have strength not to be able to do a single heel lift or something off a step you know and unless you go through that you don't understand what you're asking of somebody who is in that stage of rehab to do what you asked them to do and it's kind of impossible to kind of think of all the different factors which could stop them from doing this exercise unless you know what it's like to be in their shoes so it's kind of cool if you haven't been exercised for a while basically soft tissue therapist go out tomorrow do a sprint without warming up or something just know what it's like to have a proximal tendonopathy in the hamstring just so you know what it's like to feel pain in your bum that's commitment um, there you go or Achilles tendonopathy or something like that just just so you can actually know what it's like when you hand out these exercises um it's actually i did see somebody here sabrina here has said um i love to do the course in the future Brilliant. um and that's reminded me actually because i think in the sta I, did, I think it was in the sta open group today you did put details i don't think i've got the link on me but somebody could go to the sta open group was it in the open group i think it was you've got a course um, coming up or something yeah like so um so brilliant sabrina if if you go to getbacktosport.com and sign up for the free snc download that's at the bottom of the page or every blog you'll get notification uh when the next enrollment is which is it'll be the end of next so february for that particular course there's another course which is a power rate of force development course which will enroll between uh, just before then but yeah there's a another webinar that i'm running next week which is the advanced kind of topics so when i spoke about the cross education effect uh mitigating doms and muscle damage kind of maybe not training strength and endurance together in rehab and what what effects that might have so there's a free webinar that i'm doing next tuesday and wednesday um on those topics so you know do sign up for that if you if you're keen um there's a, a link in the open group we should be in the members group as well but um i'll put that in there today um but if you if you want to ask me any questions just drop me a line get me on social media whatever you can't find it brilliant we'll make sure that link goes into the show notes and i'm sure that at the moment one of our trusty live lounge people is flicking through the sta pages and they will copy that link won't they somebody into the Commentary soon. Magic, that our sounds that our sounds fantastic. Um, so, like I say, Dr. Clay Mitchell will be in the STA Theatre on the Wednesday at three fifteen, and also presenting I think one o'clock. He said um, in one of the other theatres. Um, have a look at the. All this information is on Therapy Expo website. It's quite nicely put together. You just scroll down, you can see what's happening at all different times. So, it's all there. We look forward to hopefully seeing somebody in the STA Theatre. Um, Gary says the details are in both groups. Fantastic. Thanks, Gary. Right. Um, James, your first time at Therapy Expo. The floor is going to be yours. A load of soft tissue therapists with jaws open, confused kind of look on their faces of what's this all about? What are you hoping the people that come and see you on the Thursday at 3.30 are going to take away in your half hour? Um, I think... What I'm going to be doing, because obviously there's lots of, um, you know, as you said, there's lots of actually quite good quality studies on the effects of massage um, and mental health. Um, but, you know, rather than going into that and stats around, you know, poor mental health prevalence of it with athletes, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, I might talk about that a little bit, but also just the prevalence of it in the general population and actually how uh, much mental ill health there is. 
um, around, you know, um, I think, you know, I think there was a, a study in 2019, uh, the UK Anti-Doping Agency did one and 34% um, uh, of gym goers knew about people taking iPads, uh, image of performance enhancing drugs. There was another study in 2018 um, and I um, think there's about a million people in this country taking them. And, you know, whatever reasons some people might be taking them, I know from my experience of having clinics and gyms and stuff that uh, it's a lot. And, you know, that kind of behavior is often, I mean, there could be some um, body dysmorphia going on. It's, it's really self-harming behavior. Um, so, you know, the, the point is, is that mental health is, is prevalent. You know, people, my experience as a therapist anyway, people come and see me and they might have some shoulder dysfunction or something. You get them on the couch and then they talk, you know, they relax, they talk. Therapists will, um, you know, there's a lot of vicarious trauma that can come along from um, listening to this and getting involved in it. And I'm very clear on, you know, one thing I want to make clear for people is how to be able to support people to do your job as a therapist, uh, but to have clear boundaries so that you're not getting emotionally entangled in what someone might be saying and giving the well-meaning advice, which is outside of your, um, uh, your scope of professionalism, um, which, you know, you might go home and be, oh, should I have done that? Oh, you know, um, and I think that can, um, you know, that can kind of build. So I want to give people tools to be able to do that, to be able to um, have, um, to be able to listen um, non-judgmentally. Um, I always ask people, can we be non-judgmental? And, uh, and uh, I'm always interested in the answers. Uh, if anyone wants to <laughs> answer that in the chat, can you be non-judgmental? Um, yeah, the answer is uh, uh, no. <laughs> you could try though, uh, because it's normal, um, you know, to to make judgments and, and stuff. And actually, to be able to listen to someone, to be able to give them that space um, without crossing any boundaries, um, and to be able to thank them for saying that, and to be able to signpost them to professional help, to appropriate professional help, I think is. Uh, is really, really important. So I'll be giving people some listening skills, um, um, talking about um, stress as well, because stress is something that is um, a huge factor. It's a risk factor. Um, and, um, you know, for many uh, common mental health conditions and suicide, um, we're under a lot of stress at the moment. Um, athletes are under stress. Um, everyone is under stress, you know, and uh, when you can't exercise, uh, when you are, um, you know, when you, you've got some injury or something like that, that's extra, you know, on top of that. So, um, you know, to be able to, um, I think, to recognize the stress that you have in your life, um, to be able to name it, to be able to have practical tools to deal with it, it's really important. Um, and I think for, th for, for the therapist themselves, so I'm going to give um, I'm going to give them a, a run through of the stress container, which is um, um, a way of doing that because, you know, as therapists, I mean, I've just recently had um, a clinic I've worked at for uh, many years um, in London. Prices have gone up. Um, they've cut a lot of staff. The last two months I've had problems with pay. 
uh, they've been underpaying me <laughs> and uh, just making a complete mess out of everything. And then there's the whole people tightening their belts and doing the whole social media stuff and, you know, dealing with all your life stuff as well as trying to fix people. And, um, and I think, yeah, I know from experience, you know, stress can soon build up and then, you know, before long it's overwhelming. So that, that's what I'm going to be, uh, I think, giving to people. Um, and finding out what's, you know, what, what, you know, what uh, people have in, in their clinics and, and, and their experience and, and how they cope with that. Wonderful. Yeah. And again, because like Claire mentioned, it's in a quite an intimate, easy for people to ask questions. It's not at the back of an auditorium where you can't even see the hand. People will be around and, and seated there. So it'll be really interesting for people to ask you questions. Um, Leslie Campbell has just said that um, she's only um, non-judgmental at work, um, judgmental Mary in my real life. So thanks, <laughs> Leslie, for your honesty, as always. Um, yeah, it's, it's... I'm going to ask you a question. I mean, I don't know if it's a stupid question. I, I tend to do this while I'm listening to something, something comes in my mind. But things are going to get worse, aren't they? We're talking about how bills are going up and heating and everything. And social media is still kind of... I mean, I, for my sins had this idea to join TikTok the other day because I heard other people are doing it and it's kind of a, a good way to help get the message out. If lots of people are there and I've got loads of, for example, you guys to try and reach people, then TikTok's kind of being used and it's got high views, viewership and that. Oh, Jesus, why did I bother? Why did I go on there? It's just depressing, man. It's just yeah. got, I thought Instagram was bad in terms of setting false expectations and taking away time. And the algorithms are so clever. You know, it's just, you just, as soon as you watch something for a few more seconds, that's it. You've got five or six more videos, exactly the same, just taking your time away. And it's just so much of it. It's just something I never asked to see. I promise you, half the things which I spent two hours looking at the other day was not stuff that I asked to see. It was just stuff that's chucked you away. And it's, it's shocking. But my question to you is, it's not a pretty picture, I don't think, without sounding too cynical and depressive. But if you could wave a magic wand and help turn the tide so that issues with mental health anxiety depression were started getting better mm. what, what, how would you do that i mean it doesn't have to be a real thing but where do you think the state we're living in of ever increasing stress and anxiety and expectation how could you turn it around what would be the quickest way of doing it if you have um i think I mean, I think we're at the point now with mental health where it's like the tip of an iceberg. You know, we're at the point now we've got awareness. We need action. You know, we need the government to uh, spend money. You know, we need, we've had years of austerity. I don't want to be get too political, but it's, it's true. We've had lots of services cut, massive waiting lists, um, a lot of people in poverty, a lot of people relying on food banks. Um, it seems like it's going to get worse. Um, so they need to spend some some money, you know, um, the government needs to spend some money. While we're waiting for them to do that, uh, we will need to get involved. Um, and, um, you know, um, mental health is something that we all have. It's something that we all experience. And uh, mental health first aid training, like I said, it doesn't teach you to become a a clinician or a diagnostician, you know, you understand common mental health conditions, but you're not there to diagnose. Um, and really it's about um, having conversations before it gets to that point of crisis, you know, knowing what to do when there is a crisis is, is fundamental as well. But there are so many interventions along the way, 
um, you know, that we can uh, get involved and talk to people. You know, I, I do a lot of youth work. I do a lot of youth mental health first aid. I work with CAMS teams and, you know, that's child and adolescent mental health services. And I did one recently for the police and, and lots of lots of different um, people. And I think there's a like, for example, self-harming behaviour, you know, uh, people getting into fights, young people getting into fights, young people getting into substance abuse. Um, people having, um, you know, a risky kind of sexual behaviour, all this kind of stuff, which is often looked at, is, is self-harming behaviour. It's not just cutting and uh, burning and all those kinds of things. That's self-harming behaviour. And this is often behaviour which is looked at, oh, it's just a behaviour, they're bad, they exclude them, do this, do that. And, you know, 75% of mental ill health starts before the age of uh, 18, 50% by the age of 15. So I think there's, um, I think we have to get involved. The government needs to do something, but we as people have to start talking about it. Mental health should be, how's your health? You know, if I say, how's your health? Uh, everyone knows what their five a day is. Everyone knows our health, physical, great, yeah, good. If I say to people when I do every day, uh, what's mental health? If I say mental health to you, what does it, what does it mean? Um, more and more, I have people saying um, mental health is fluid. It can be good. It can be bad. It's about coping. It's about resilience and positive stuff. But a lot of people are still, if I say mental health, they're depression, anxiety, schizo psycho bad something like that you know if i went up to your average person on the street and said how are you doing today how's your mental health they'd be like why do you, you know it'd be like why why are you saying that to me it would be you know whereas it should be a normal it should be a normal thing okay yeah. so yeah communication conversation um i forget maybe somebody in here he reminded me there is an STA member oh, for the life of me. I can't remember his name, but he sets up a new podcast. One of you guys will know, maybe throw it into the comments, but it's a podcast. Um, I can't remember the name, but designed to help guys. It's kind of aimed at guys. It's a podcast to speak out and talk to each other. It looked really good. I can't remember the STA member who set it up, but he's really passionate about it. Um, yeah, maybe one of you could look it up. I'm sure it's a well-known person in the STA. It's gone. But yeah, I suppose, yeah, conversations, communication. And that's what the your course does, I guess, is not yeah. to diagnose anything like that, but just opening yeah. up the conversation and referring on where necessary. Yeah, often it's about having someone's back. You know, I had a relative who's very ill and um, was hospitalised and um, I called, called her up, said, how's therapy going? And she's, I haven't had any therapy yet. And um, I'm like, what? And she was waiting for a specific type of therapy. Um, and I just googled the area that she lives in um, found charities that were there made some phone calls and um, and got some talking therapy quite quickly so it's often doing that it's about because mm -hmm. um, signposting is one thing definitely um, but being able to support someone because you know um, I think when you're going through that you might not often know that something's wrong or that there's help available because there aren't conversations around mental health often people think this is something I have to live with. Um, there's often a lot of shame around it, a lot of stigma, um, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that. Very valuable. And for, as massage therapists, we said, we said this before in other episodes. People, if you, if somebody's giving you permission to kind of touch them physically, and they're taking their clothes off in front of you and lying down and not seeing you and trusting you behind them, sort of thing, then that's kind of already opened a door of potential communication and trust. 
and that whole kind of empathy and that kind of therapeutic alliance. So it's a perfect environment, isn't it? If you're trained and you know not to go too far, but just to open the door slightly and to recognise and signpost and stuff. And it's, I think our profession is is really well suited to be able to help this problem. And especially when people are coming to us in pain and, and yeah. we're inviting them to open up during the subjective. So brilliant. Yeah. Oh, sounds great. Um, Becky Carroll, thank you on you and let me down. Yeah, Ryan, of course, Ryan Smith has started a podcast, um, which is called Let's Be Frank. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but um, the feedback I've had so far and his excitement is, is amazing. And it's kind of like I say, it's his particular podcast is aimed at guys getting together and talking and overcoming the taboo and the stigma attached to not talking about your feelings and stuff like that. So yeah, check it out. Ryan Smith, let's be frank. I think it, I've seen him talking about it. Just look up his uh, profile on Facebook, Ryan Smith, STN member. Um, and uh, yeah, you might want to have a little listen to that. Um, right. Okay. It's 8.55. So yeah, both of you, Therapy Expo this year. Um, Claire, to you, have you kind of, have you noticed a change in kind of the general soft tissue therapy world in terms of education or openness to change or openness to evolution do you think it's getting better or is it the same <clears throat> with specific to <clears throat> excuse me with specific to um uh therapy expo or generally in general like the crowd we're going to get i mean therapy expo gets thousands and thousands of people going through across the two days and i'm wondering whether we can generalize and say that the average well, that's a ridiculous word but the average is coming through do you think they're better equipped these days with regards to their knowledge over strength for example your field um, or do you think there's still a lot of work to be done or uh i think so if i take a, a an overarching view across people that i that i teach the the baseline level of knowledge is is better a good example is that i used to ask i still do actually but i ask um a start of um any course that I do, if we're talking about strength, what's the definition of strength? And even up till about kind of three years ago, I'd get four to five different definitions of what strength was. Um, and whilst they're broadly, you know, the, the definitions might encompass aspects that have, uh, you know, can formed by strength, it's not what strength actually is. The, the implications being, therefore, if everybody's got a different definition, we're all going to do different things to try and to make it, you know, improve it. So that has definitely changed and improved uh, over over time. And I think that translates into other things as well. Unfortunately, I don't think, or maybe fortunately for me, <laughs> it's not because the baseline or basal level of education has got better consistently across the board. I think people hopefully, including myself, you know, we're, we're speaking about this a lot, these types of things a lot, quite loudly, prolifically, and um, offering an evidence base for it and a strategy to incorporate into rehabilitation, a strong rationale, and then a further evidence base rather than it being just hearsay and opinion and, and, and kind of bro science if there is such a thing. So I think therapists are doing... Um, a really good job of educating themselves via some, you know, some of these uh, these channels. So, I think yes, that that levelness of education is is opening up. I think the and appetite for that is opening up, which is which is great. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That's positive. 
I feel, I feel like I've, I kind of brought the tone down when I was talking about TikTok and getting all depressed and stuff. But it's true. I think <laughs> well, I, I'm I agree not on with TikTok you. yet. So <laughs> don't bother going there. I forget. It doesn't matter if Fizzy Amount podcast on there or whatever. It's just just stay away from it. It's it's the devil. It's it's horrible. It's just not worth going there. I'm, I'm, yeah. um, I don't know. Anyway, um, boom, 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 boom. so yeah, no, I agree. I like that. I think that there is a better, there's more of a thirst for kind of more evidence-informed approach. It's not such so shocking now thinking you need to evolve and saying the same things you did five years ago just doesn't work. And also I think that's a really healthy um, foundation for ultimately people, the general public, if they've got therapists who aren't afraid of saying, I'm not quite sure, who aren't afraid of moving, that's what you know, and working together, having a multidisciplinary approach, not being afraid to hand somebody to somebody else when you think they can help oh, you and better. That, without That's fail, you know, you think about the, the, the practitioners that are slightly more experienced, that are confident and comfortable in themselves and in themselves and not knowing. That gives you, you know, as somebody who's receiving care, if you put yourself on the other side of that, if you're therapist or whoever has always got an answer always got an answer all right and you can tell if they're fudging it a little bit you just don't buy in do you but actually that's a really good question my thoughts around this are so when i do it <laughs> therapy extra that's a good question uh what do you think let you go know now yeah. <laughs> so, yeah but you know if you offer your, your best opinion but actually i really don't know that the ultimate answer to that i'm not sure if there is one but you know there's You've, you've got confidence in that individual um, and in what they know, what they perhaps don't know. Maybe they're going to go find it out. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I think the, not that it's wrong, but the, it's disappointing when there's, there's, there's no, it, when you're in positions of, of authority like this and, and ability to help people, the, the lack of, um, desire to to inform yourself and keep up to date uh, or indeed sit back and I've heard it said before nothing's going to change this has always happened you know run on on the field with physios with, with sponges if we still did that you know <laughs> anyway I'll, I'll not go down that avenue so yeah I'm, I'm privileged to be able to to talk to people that want to listen and <laughs> listen to me in particular <laughs> so modest all my guests are so modest i love it don't change it's great you're privileged honestly um james in your profession as well it i imagine there it's not good to think that you've got all the answers i mean freud tried that we know how wrong he was in a lot of respects but it must be in your profession it's dangerous if you're going to see a clinician who thinks oh you've got this you've got this this is this is you know textbook in mental health i'm sure that there's a great example of where everyone's different as an individual and yeah for sure it's um you know, and that, that's why with the mental first state training, it's very clear to to understand your boundaries, your limitations, and not to, to try and diagnose. When you get into it and you look at the different mental health conditions and the symptoms and stuff, they're, they're so interlinked, you know, um, and that's why it's, it's, a, it's a rabbit hole you just don't want to go around. So, you know, being able to allow someone to speak and say, thanks for sharing that. I'm a sports massage therapist this is my scope of practice have you spoken to someone so I think you should do that and then when you do your follow-up for whatever you know if it's been artists or whatever's going on with them um you know just check in with them and say you know how did you get on with your you know GP or, or whatever and, and you know and obviously it's, when it comes to rehabilitation there's a lot of you know there's stuff that's outside of the um of whatever sport 
that's going on and, and if it's uh, affecting poor mental health is affecting relationships if it's affecting their sleep and stuff like that um it's going to have a huge thing I, I do olympic lifting actually and just recently um i started hitting my uh, personal best in my warm-up and what happened was my she's now four year old daughter she was three at the time she started sleeping almost through the night uh, <laughs> so I wasn't being woken up four or five times a night which I've been done from all my children for the last nine years and suddenly I'm sleeping and I'm hitting my personal best just just in my warm-up because I'm getting some some rest so um, so obviously you know physical and mental health are in, intertwined and I think it's really important to have those boundaries i just want to say claire um you sound um i've been so enthralled listening to you and your course sounds absolutely <laughs> fantastic and i actually went to an osteopath about seven years ago when i was lifting i had a um sternoclavicular issue um on load when i was doing snatches uh-huh. and this was i went to this osteopath and um harley street works for a top premiership football team well not a top one um <laughs> And she's, she's just like, why are you doing Olympic lifting at your age? <laughs> I won't tell you what I said to I used the word beginning with F. And, uh, and, and it was actually that. I was my previous personal trainer. was um, I was doing kind of like, it's very much more like uh, crossfitting type stuff. And then uh-huh. I went to someone else and saying, you know, um, low reps, high load, yeah. three or four different exercises, three or four times a week. And that was amazing. So yeah, go are you. I, <laughs> put in a coffee. I, I'm, I'm, I'm enthralled by what, what you're saying as well. So we'll hopefully be able to see each other at the, uh, the expo. Yeah, definitely. Be lovely. Okay, guys, I've kept you for four minutes too long. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you also. Um, there's a reminder here. It was there. We go. Yeah, Ryan Smith is. <laughs> I knew I knew why I knew Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith is actually one of the SDA regional reps. He's a regional rep for the East of England. God bless the East of England. Um, so he's going to be at the STA with the STA team at Therapy Expo. So um, that's a great segue. So if you're interested in um, the podcast and the, and the conversations that Ryan's generating with his Let's Be Frank podcast, then yeah, Ryan will be there um, at Therapy Expo with the team um, at the stand there. Brilliant. Thanks for letting me know about that, Ryan. Sorry, um, sorry about forgetting your name, Ryan. Apologies for that. I've just got so much to think about. You can appreciate with these two people in here. I've got to think of so much. Um, so there we go. Right. Um, fine. Thank you so much for joining us, people. Um, Dr. Claire Mitchell, we mentioned your course is coming up. We'll make sure that goes in the show notes. But like you said, yeah, go to um, uh, your website. Let's just bring that up for people who like a visual. There we go. There we go. So get back to sport. Beautiful. Look at that design. Awesome. It's good, mate. Like that, yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to say that's all my work, but it's clearly not. If anybody's going to see me try and design anything, I signed it off. I didn't sign it off. It, it, off. Off. So it's your... yeah. <laughs> it was kind of my idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah lovely website. Um, getbacktosport.com. Loads of information on there. Just sign up, like um, Claire said, and you'll get information about all courses that are coming up. And um, if you've been interested in what uh, James Chapman has says, said today, as you should be, then head along uh, to allaboutthemind.com, uh, also a beautiful website. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, my wife did that, actually. Very nice. Yeah, love it. <laughs> and, and you can have uh, 50% off of any of uh, my upcoming courses. Uh, you oh. can use code STA50, uh, uppercase at check. There you go. There you go. Look at that. 
another person who can't stop giving things away honestly <laughs> um that's very kind of you yep so all this information will go into the uh, show notes um, and like i say yeah all about the mind.com and if you want to see these guys at therapy expo then um then just to repeat dr claire Minchin will be presenting critical differences between strength and power on the wednesday at 3 15 and james chapman will be presenting mental first aid at work in the sta theater on thursday november 24th at 3 30 p.m next week on the show our last episode before everyone up to birmingham is going to be with some guy mike james i think he's a bit into endurance i think he's a physio Not him. Um, no 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 <laughs> well i wanted something traditional i wanted something you know old school so um, <laughs> that'll be a good one mike james will be joining us the wonderful mike james the insurance physio next week um who um i've had the joy of knowing and and he's spoken on one chat live conference a few times and he's definitely been to the conference many many a time so he's going to be coming giving his thoughts on this year's lineup and talking about everything therapy expo as well just to get the excitement if it's not already a fever he's pitch. great he's, he's great. great isn't he our, our mind is great um so yeah he's going to be around um next week at eight o'clock so if you're listening to the podcast and you want to join live and kind of get to know the people that have been in the live lounge and know something about the STA, maybe then just yeah, put in your diary now at eight o'clock on Tuesday on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. James, Claire, thank you very much for giving up your time. Appreciate thank you, it. Matt. Pleasure. It's very nice to see you meet you as well, James. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to have to be chasing and making sure you're not talking when your presentation's coming up. I know. We're talking about CrossFit and weightlifting and stuff. and to separate you you can see this coming uh, but yeah really excited spending time it's gonna be really really nice to have you um in person so there we go people um thanks for joining us live again and hopefully we shall see some of you if you listen to podcast then leave a rating leave a review that's really important we're talking about getting good and quality information out there put something useful in google so it appears near the top instead of just all the crap that appears near the top so leave a rating on Apple, in particular Apple Podcasts, and this episode will be there when people look up mental health or look up strength and conditioning. You've got to leave ratings and reviews, otherwise Google's not your friend. So please do that if you listen to the podcast. Otherwise, take care of each other, and I uh, hope you'll see some of you live next week. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.